Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And you got Brett. I'm going to turn our level down here so we're not blowing our speakers out of our ears. Blow our eardrums. There we go. Maybe we only listen on like 50. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. When we take the show on the mobile, I know. settings get changed and you <laughs> never remember what you're we're doing. We're setting it back up again for it seems like the first time in a couple of years yeah. of at setting it up at the pool table again, so... Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate you listening. What episode are we on, Ben? Listening on through the ice season. Uh, I think this will be episode 10. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, that's really picked up. Episode 10. It's escalated. Yep. We're cranking out episodes every Sunday through the ice season. We release them every uh, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central. Yep. Um, you can find us all over any of your podcasting platforms. Lately, it's been a lot of a lot I feel of like Apple, that's prime time for somebody that tried to get out early on a Sunday bite. And they've been sufficiently like deflated by the time you get to nine o'clock, like that the bite yep. didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Yep. And you're ready to like relax, listen to the podcast. That's a good point. Cause I mean, by, <laughs> by nine o'clock, if you're on the water by like seven, six thirty, seven, something like that, yeah. Two, three hours in, you're just, you're done. You're not catching what you thought. Yep. It's time to make some breakfast and listen to the short rod show. Yep. Absolutely. That's what we're here for, keeping you guys entertained. Yep. <laughs> Doing our best. So we got a little belated Christmas gift opening that we got to do. We figured we'd just do it on air because yeah. usually we the just... The rice fishing related This items, is the usually. fanciest we've gotten, though. Literally, we both showed up with boxes. It was awkward because we have matching wrapping paper. Yeah, Amazon boxes. <laughs> so, Brett, I'm going to let you open it first because I might need some help Okay, on my box. All right. But we got a nice little Amazon oh, box. Geez. All sorts of with junk some, in here. With some stuff. We got some, oh, flip gloves. Heck yes. That's all I wear. Or the flip over mittens. We got some nano precision gun oil. Evidently, Ben doesn't like the squeak on the on the schoolie. Is no. that what this is for? That's the, or, or your, you try or, to do away with the schoolie squeak, yeah, huh? Yeah, exactly. Dribble that on your schoolie. Jeez. Or your muzzle loaders. Uh, a battery. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is for. And then Lake... Joblick tip up. Ooh, a tip up light. Nice. There That'll you go. be legit. There you go. Yep, yep. Yeah, I started reading the top part and the bottom part is what was important. Is that what the battery's for? Yep. Oh, okay, sweet. Is there something else in there? Yeah, and there's a little key light key knife in here, I think. Oh, a little gut hook on it. Is that what, what that is? <laughs> yeah, it's a little gut hook on there. That's for opening boxes. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought that was for opening bellies. Or that. It's called the doohickey. The do. The doohickey, the doohickey key. Yeah, so maybe we could use that to open my gift. Yeah, yeah. Now I got to figure out how to open this thing. <laughs> it's pretty uh, sturdy in there. You don't have a knife on you? No, I don't. I didn't bring, bring it down. That's like the so first time I've ever known the you. The story not on the gun lube. Yeah, is I got it for free in a package with my other uh, diesel additives. They just threw it in there because it's their new stuff. Mm. So I'm like, I haven't cleaned a gun in forever. So yeah, you gotta go. get out and try shoot it more. out. <laughs> this, uh, this summer we'll get out and do some. Like, hell, Brett can use it. Why not? We're gonna get some new. Uh, got to satisfy Kirby's desire for me to shoot more horn a day. Because mm-hmm. with my powder belts on my, through my muzzle loader, I don't get, I'm not getting the pass through on a deer that I want. Yeah. So we're going to go switch to a board, horn a day board drivers, which are full, full, full conical. So there's the full 50 cal. Yep. But they're copper plated instead of. There you go. So hopefully I get, <laughs> get more the of a full pass penetration. Through. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the idea anyways. I'm really making a mess of this thing. That's all right. Oh my gosh. I don't know if they're any good or not, but they look kind of Well, it should neat. at least be sharp enough to open tape on the other box. <clears throat> I figure everyone needs something else to dangle off their, their uh, zipper on their coat. Off my pants? Yep. 
Yeah, whatever. About hanging on your belt loop. Oh, I meant my zipper on my blue jeans. Yeah, hand those gloves over too. I'm gonna try those out. We'll get yours open here first. See, I had to take mine up, otherwise the kids were gonna tear tear into it. Ooh, oh, geez. okay. Oh, it's only a gut hook. Oh no, there's a little sharp knife on there. That's like a little prison shank. Yeah, yeah it does look like a little shanker. If, if you so this thing's got like literally a sharpened hook on the end of a knife blade, and it looks like a key. So if you were to stab somebody with it, oh, yeah. you'd probably get in there and hook them. Coming. These out. are purely ice fishing gloves, though. I can tell you that these are not hunting gloves. These would be so covered in burrs by the time oh, yeah. I got out of the woods. They'd be effed. Yeah, they were cheap. But they're nice. Like, they fit good. <laughs> well, the problem with some of the expensive ones is they get real tight elastic, elastic around the fingers, and they kind of cut the, slow the circulation down in your fingers, and your fingers get cold. But these ones are cheap enough that they have, like, they just looks like you cut the end off. Yeah, it literally <laughs> looks like somebody just chopped the end off with some gloves and made them fingerless. <laughs> yeah. With a little mitt that uh, But that's perfect. Then your fingers don't. That's fuzzy inside. Well, what works out good is I could I slide those hot hands up in the mitt part, mm-hmm. and then I have them so that they're on the back side of my fingers when I have the mitt closed, so then they're not coming out, and I can just pop them right off, and then yeah, I'm there you go. Then they stay in the mitt. Perfect. Yeah, they work good. All right, what you got? All right, ben? what do we got? <clears throat> Two Ben. Well, I had to write down there because I have. A, believe it or not, we get a lot of packages from Amazon. Oh no way! Oh yeah, no way! The catch and cook. Holy cow. Well, you're really starting to master the Beer cooking batter. game. So I thought I'd get you a couple packages. That's uh, awesome. Oh, geez, you got three-pack. From the Canadian. So we got the beer batter, the crunchy, and the spicy. Yep, the spicy Pequant. Pequant. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yep, good deal. My boy, Jay. Got the catch and cook going on. Yeah, I thought it was worth a about. shot. I mean, you, you've... Well, I'll share it with you. Since you've been cooking the fish, you've... I, I feel like you've never used the same batter twice. No, I've really liked experimenting. On you want to try some batters. different stuff, and yep, I think good. that was I think that stuff's corn. At least the the spicy stuff's mm. corn based, and the other two are flour based. I think maybe not the crunchy one. Did maybe this look, crunchy one. No, I didn't look at them at all. Really? Yeah. So the beer batter's wheat. Is Dang. it wheat? Yep. Made in Canada. Oh, flour. Yeah. Duh. A- yep. From domestic and imported ingredients. Mark so it's got Ontario. English and French. I yep. think that's a requirement to sell food in Canada. Might be. Oh, yeah, wheat. Yep. A pile of gluten in there, man. Too. Oh, yeah. Let's you have to let Brandon know. That's what you need. Nice. Well, for anybody that's uh, been curious on it, we'll do a little bit. I like the packaging on it. They Absolutely. really went out all out on the packaging. Yeah, so it's 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 got the resealable package. I like that yes. a lot because either one of two things happen, either... I use half of it, and yep. then when I put it away, it either gets spilled at some point in time, or it kind of goes like stale mm-hmm. if I don't use it all at once. Yeah, normally it's sitting in the cupboard or jostling around in the Tupperware container, yep. going out on the ice and just, psh, I got flour, oh, yeah, 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 that flour too. all over. Yeah, blowing, yeah, and you're not using a whole bag. So. We're not ever cooking that much fish no. at once no, on no, the no. ice. Nope. I feel like I'm really going to cut my finger on this thing. That thing is, yeah. Blade sharp. Wow. I wonder if they made it look like a key so you could try to get it into, like, TSA. Oh, uh, TSA would figure that out right away. You think? Yeah. I would never. I, I don't Man, think, it, I don't I don't think it's something that I'd put on I my pocket. I wouldn't put on your keychain. No, it's not something I'd put on my keychain. It's something I would keep. Yeah, you're right. I would put it on on my bibs. Yeah. Because it's got a nice little line cutter there or something. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, ben gets well, cool. out of hand. That's a good uh, belated Christmas. Well, thanks, Ben. Good gifts. Yeah, these are good gifts. Usually, up, really upgraded from just handing each other 
Widowmaker jig. Schooly that rod. we already have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today, Brett? Uh, so luckily here with that polar freeze, we've got ice here in central Iowa. Uh, we had, what, last Friday we got out on about nine inches. Uh, good good oh, yeah. clear ice. I mean, it yep. was really solid ice. Yep. Uh, did some bluegill fishing. Tried for some other fish, but didn't quite work out. So we ended up going back to the trying true bluegill stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that situation, what yep. baits we ended up having to use, how we kind of went through the bait selection, and then what kind of structure and stuff that we were fishing and we were finding fish in. Um, and then also Ben yep. wants to talk about his light flight and the little cover, the magnetic cover that you run. Yeah. Cause I feel like we touched on a little bit, but didn't, well, really now we have p- some use in it. We punched some holes. Yeah. We know. I how, mean, I, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I burned some holes with that thing and, um, got to try it next. And to it the, was interesting. Yeah. Next to the pistol bit. bit. Yeah. Sorry. You were just going to say that. Oh man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm fired up about that topic now that I thought about the pistol bit part. Yep. 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 And then, uh, the quad, was ran like a champ again, of course. Fires right up. Fires yeah. right up. First pull. Um, we'll only quad on the water. Yeah, no. only, the quad's <laughs> only two hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, we get a lot of a lot of crap from people that see that because we get a little bit like, leery. A quad? What? Jeez, our the quad that we run is three, not even three hundred pounds. It's like two hundred. Weighs less than pounds. some of the people out on the ice. Um, yeah. So big float tires. Yeah. No problems. Uh, you're probably safer on the quad driving across sketchy ice. Than Definitely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that worked like a champ, pulled the otter out. Um, it worked really well when there's a bunch of snow on the ice. You know, not a bunch, but six inches Packed of snow. Packed in snow. Yep. yep. That's, that's the perfect snow. situation for oh, that man. quad. Can't stop it. And then uh, it started warming up. So by Friday when we were out. No snow. No snow. Uh, basically just glare ice with some water on it, which yeah. is worst the worst. Um, so, well, I take that back. There's slush would be the worst situation. This is the second. Yeah. True. Worst situation. True. Um, so I want to talk about some traction ideas we yep. got for it. Talk through that. So Sweet. awesome. So this trip we went on just up the road a little ways, a local spot that we like to frequent. Um, and ba- you and walleye Willie. Yep. Yep. We were out, uh, Really try to get after it in the morning. Yep. Um, Sean and I were up there at 7. We met at the ramp. So I told Sean meet at 7. Um, of course, I got up early. I was I, I went through all the other spots. So I went by um, some of the other places where people put in to go check it out. And there's already a pile of people there. Yep. I'm like, ah, dang it. Ready to roll. These people beat beat us to the, to the, to the fish. But... Um, Went and checked it out, and then got everything kind of ready. And of course, Sean was there. It's like six forty-five. We were yeah. just itching. So. Yeah, he's the kind of guy. He's gonna be there a little early. Absolutely. Also. So we we're both there early. Got out. Uh, we were on our spot fishing by seven thirty. Just pretty. That's good. pretty good. Um, and you were a bit more. I mean, you weren't necessarily on the bluegill spot to start with. You were a little. You were going after mm-hmm. some bigger fish, white bass usually in that area. I really get fired up going for broke right away. Yep. Like I feel like all the motivation is there. And we really have nothing to lose because yep. I know we have some fallback plans. No big deal. Like, uh, if we get out there, don't catch anything, that's fine. Like, we can go somewhere else later on. We'll find them. If we start somewhere, then you're like, ah, oh, do we move? Yeah. Oh, if you, you start know, somewhere start where you're really catching right the fish. Right away, yeah. like, okay, I, I want that shot. Like, go for broke. I don't know. See, yeah. catch walleyes, big crappies. See Absolutely. Happens. So, we went for broke. We tried tons of different baits. We saw fish left and right all over yep. i mean there's fish zooming in and out there's fish uh coming in up high that 
I don't know. You could you could kind of get to interact with your bait, but not a lot. It's kind of like they just saw it and they're like, oh, what's that? Yeah. And then they just kept going. Yeah, something curious and then away they go. Yep. Um, the live scope worked great for that. Like I, I really enjoy using that now. Well, it gives you good a good very good perspective, especially in those situations yeah. when the fish aren't biting. You can see exactly what's happening. Like, was it something from your bait? Yep. Are they even interacting with your bait? You know, because on the flasher, as you see them come from one side to the other, you'd see them come up mm-hmm. because as they come un- more uh, under that cone, your your yep. little flashlight spot will move up the dial. Yep. So it looked like they're coming at you a little bit, but then they turn off. Where in reality, they're just going straight across. Yep. And uh, they don't stop. And you I mean, you can't really tell dwell time next to your bait as easily yep. with a flasher. Yeah. And I feel like live scope, I can watch them come in from a ways away. See if they speed up, slow down, turn around, turn around, you know, they'll look at it and I can see them pass by and then I'll do something different and jig it differently. And they'll spin around and look at it again. Yeah. Yep. And then I get fired up again and then I still don't catch them, but yep. that's all right. Move a little bit. Cause I noticed they, it wasn't that time, but it was the time before we went out hitting the mud. Mm-hmm. They'd still come look at it. They, that would get them real interested, but they still wouldn't bite it. Yep. They'd just look at it. Dang it. Yep. But we, we threw a lot of different baits at them. We did a lot of spoons. We did did some regular jigs, um, some tungsten stuff, mostly just tungsten stuff and spoons, I guess. Minnows, but, wax oh, yeah. worms. Minnows, minnow heads, wax worms, Plastic. plastics, different color plastics, big plastics, little plastics. They just weren't biting. Nothing. And the few fish we you had caught in that spot were all white bass. Yep. So take that for what it's worth. Yep. On what's, what's so in that area. So Brett showed up. It was his birthday. So yep. happy birthday. Thank you. That was a heck of a way to... To go out on your birthday, coming out on the ice and making, we made a power move, hanging out all day long to another spot, which uh, included a couple brush piles. Yeah. So that was cool. A little bit different area than what we were used to. So the spot we were kind of moved, that we were on initially was about 30 feet deep Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a break. So the flat, the top of the flat's about 25-ish, breaks down into, I don't know, 35, 40 feet into the creek bottom. Yep. So we were kind of, kind of on the bottom edge of that, but not quite all the way down. There's yep. a little bit of a shelf there, uh, kind of a community spot. It's oh, not yeah. necessarily like, uh, yep. oh, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows about this kind of spot. Yep. Uh, there's quite a few folks that, like that's probably is the community spot actually. Yep. Um, we kept it a secret because we were using the, the otter though. It was nice out. I feel like that doesn't keep anything a secret. No one else was. No one else was using their shelter. No, everyone else was just sitting out, not catching anything either. Which <laughs> also helps make you feel a little better. It does. When no one else catches anything. It does. You can look out and you you don't hear anything. Yep. You know. You know. Every every now and then you hear guys drilling holes, which is like yep. sure they're moving around, but yeah, those. Was, that so was we nice. worked our way around the corner a little bit into a cut. Yep. Basically is what it was. So the top part would be maybe ten foot deep, twelve foot deep. And then the bottom of this cut would go down to, I don't know, 25. Mm-hmm. And where we were fishing was right around in that 20-foot range. And there's some brush piles on the edge of the, on the kind of the downhill slope. There's brush in the, kind of on that armpit yep. part. And then there's just brush down in the bottom of the cut. Yep. Uh, specific brush piles. They're not like one big old hunk out there. There's some specific piles out there. And there's one other old boy out there. We were getting some looks from him. Well, that's because we were getting a little closer than what I would have preferred to be, but that's just where the brush pile, like when you're fishing brush piles like that, and we talked about etiquette last time, Yeah, like it's not, we weren't fishing the brush pile he was on. No, no, no. We were fishing other brush piles, but they're just kind of in a close vicinity to each other. And I guess how close do you think we were? 
100 feet. Yeah, so 30 yards. Yeah. Ish. That's. Well, yeah, but I felt like in that situation when we were out, he was the only one out there. <laughs> True. And we just kept getting closer and closer yeah. and closer to him. Uh, that, that's what I started. Like, where we were at in that community spot, I would have been like, oh, man, we're forever. We could even, I would be fine if someone came in between us. Sure. There. But in that spot yeah. where it was just that one guy, he had no flasher. He's just blind jigging two schoolie rods. Yes. And he had a great. bucket full of bluegills. I was like, hell yes. Yep. That's the guy. Yep. Uh, he had like the white Carhartt overalls on. <laughs> he, he, this is his spot, and he's been fishing that for 30 years. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. He just goes out and knows exactly where to go, drops down. Literally, the power jigging two schoolies was yeah. awesome. It was just was, back and forth. That was killer. Jigging, jigging, jigging. And then he was sly about getting fish in then. Because I didn't. Well, he didn't he, reel anything up. He just would keep pulling it out and then throw yeah, him in his bucket. Yeah, but I don't. I in. didn't see him do any of that. I didn't think oh, he yeah, caught I saw anything him a couple times. And Brett, well, that's because you were in the shack. Yeah, but I had a line of sight to him. Yeah, true. Through the window, but yeah, I, he was sneaky then. So he was lifting him up, right in the bucket. No yeah, no, no squeal to yep. the reels or nothing. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. so that was cool. Um, but yeah, caught a few there, which is good. Um, nothing crazy. Yeah, I was trying to think of what I caught. A few, what was some movement we had? Like there were specific brush piles. Like I was on one or two of them, and I wasn't catching nothing. You moved over, caught mm-hmm. some small bluegills. Like when I'm talking small, I mean like four inch bluegills. Yeah, a couple small crappies, and you were running the. I downsized a lot. Tungsten cadis. Yes, with a waxworm. Yep. Like trying to get small because not that even other a spot, whole We were kind of going worm. some some bigger baits. Yeah. So moving to the smaller baits was when we finally started getting bit on some fish, but we were also fishing some very different. We were yep. fishing brush piles rather than just the structure. Yeah, and I guess I wanted to touch on just when to downsize your baits because that when they don't bite anything else, yeah. that's when. I mean, <laughs> basically, my strategy is I, I'm going to use as big a bait as I can get away with because mm-hmm. it's easier to fish. Yep. But at some point, you know, we looked at it and was like, okay, I'm just going to yeah, throw at, on especially at that depth, tiny. I really get hesitant on going to like that. Cadis is like my last resort. The tungsten. It, it doesn't matter. No, Any of those small ones, a lot better. That's my last resort for that kind of depth because it it takes forever. You got a lot of line twist, oh, a yeah. lot of, lot going yep. on. Um, um, in twenty foot of water, trying to fish that light. My my, I think I have three pound line on that. But anyway, it it was getting curled around on the ice and yep. like hooking on different stuff, and you're constantly, you know, feeding it down the hole, trying to get it to go. But they didn't want um, anything bigger. No, like. Because eventually we all ended up on the kicks. I was running rattling flyers. I was running uh, yep. Acme uh, rattle jig yep. uh, with plastics, whole minnows, you know, trying to get, you know, I was kind of out there for a little bit bigger bite, but any even bigger marks that came in wouldn't even interact with the bigger. No, they were just cruising beats. by. Yeah. They didn't care. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, let's see. The the caddis cane from Widowmaker is like just a classic design jig. It's a vertical jig. We've yeah. talked about it many times. It's like a hook with some like wire lead. wrapped around it, yep. filled up with lead. Yep. And in this case, now they've dots. got tungsten ones also. Yep. The tungsten one is a lot shorter. Yeah. They're they're um, about the same like pro. They're exact same profile. It's just yeah. shorter. Yep. Yep. That was key. Um, I was pretty impressed. I wasn't sure if I'd see it on the live scope. It showed up pretty oh, yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Like. I had to have my gain up a little bit. It's like seventy-two percent, I think, is what I settled on. Yeah, I'd say on my panoptics, the sweet spot's about eighty-five percent gain. Okay, uh, well, you can see it as for one any bait. single yeah. dot, right? Yeah, it's one blob and really good. Like it's a really good mark. It's not like I'm like 
fading in and out. Yeah. It's a good See, and I, I feel like I was kind of on the edge of fading in and out just because I didn't want to have so much extra fluff on the screen. Like, mm-hmm. if I turn it up more, I was getting just junk, you know. Over that brush pile. Yeah. yeah. And no matter what I did with noise and uh, mess with TVG a little bit too, but it didn't matter. So what did you determine? How did you fish the brush pile then? Were you wanting to be... When, when you were catching fish, okay. first when I was catching fish, were you on top of the brush pile? Were you off to the side? Were you trying to drop into it? Were you let's, trying to pull fish out of it? Let's move to the other spot we were at. So, Well, I got a little bit to talk about this one. All right. Well, then yeah, with, ask with me that how later. I did that. Because where I was at with this one, in this spot, because, yeah, the other spot was a little bit different. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what brought my, my attention to it. With this particular spot, there were some like there were some brush piles I could see fish. like I, could, I knew fish were in there and they were moving around, but I couldn't get them to come out. They yep. didn't want to come out. Yeah. So I'd drop in there, and that's when I was getting bit. I had to drop into the brush to get bit. Uh, I was off to the side. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get anything to go off the sides. Yeah, I was off to the side, but I was tight. Even as fish would come out, like they'd come in from the not the other side of the brush. Like they'd come in from the open water into the brush pile, and they still wouldn't. I wouldn't get anything to bite off the side. Yeah. The only time I could get anything to do anything was in it. See, I really think it was a, it was a tough bite that day. Yeah. Were, well, yeah, it was were, bluebird skies yep. warming up. It was completely different weather than what we'd had yep. leading up to that. Yeah. So the other spot we moved to, though, yep. that was a different bite for me where I feel like it, it was a bigger brush pile and more brush piles around mm-hmm. one smaller area that we found. Um, Similar depth. Yep. I think we were in 15 feet and we were in 18 on the other yeah. one. And fishing with a live scope, I literally could get as dialed in as I wanted to you like that didn't you gosh it was awesome it was literally put that bait exactly where you want it put the transducer down okay look where i'm at okay step it off either side i need to be one and a half feet to the left yep right and then drill a hole right there and then i can go from dropping on top of the brush pile into like a pile of you know branches yep right down in between a little break and right in a little cut and there we go and then i pull two or three fish there yep and what i ended up doing was I lined up like six or eight holes going yeah, down one direction. Yeah, I saw you do that. You were trolling. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could leave my transducer in one, yeah. turn my screen a little bit, and then run down those holes and pick fish off in between that were active. Yep. You know, in the little cuts. Because you saw the, moving around. In the spots in the, in yep. the brush pile. So. And I mean, that, it's a big deal. Like, I, we've all seen it ice fishing, especially I, I, I remember seeing it a lot when we'd fish without flashers and stuff. It was like, you have one hot hole. Yep. Like, if you fit, fish in a shack with someone, one one of you two is always the hot. Is, there's always the hot hole. Oh yeah, uh, where that's exact. That's the reason I feel like is mm-hmm. that hole is just on the spot that's, on the spot. You're close, absolutely, but that's the spot on the spot. Like a foot and a half is the difference between catching five fish in a day and twenty fish in a day. Yep, and that's kind of what I felt like happened. Like Sean was using his flasher, yep, which an M3 like worked worked. Oh, well. it's fine. Yeah, absolutely, but. It was a lot of using my live scope to kind of position him to yep. show him like, all right, now nah, over a little bit right there. Okay. And he did. He wasn't having it. No. He wasn't really into like that fine tuning. He wasn't going to drill a hole six inches over. No. He was like, all right, this is close enough. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. I drilled a lot of holes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I really like doing is getting cool. to that spot and just drilling out all the holes that we want. Like mm-hmm. four corner and yep. the brush piles that we want to fish right away. Because yep. we fished this spot. It was kind of a bread and butter spot. We know there's good size, seven, eight inch bluegills to be caught in that spot. Bass, we've caught some small walleyes, we've caught, I'm trying to think of what else, maybe a catfish or two out of there. Yep. Uh, 
I mean, it's a good multi-species spot. Primarily is what you're pulling is bluegills. I don't know if... Oh, you did pull a crappie out. And a crappie. Yep. Yep. And and that was in the cut in between brush piles coming in roaming. Yep. You could see them kind of coming from either side. The, the sweet spot that I ended up finding was between a crib and a brush pile. There you go. So, and it was a pretty tight, like, uh, look at the panoptics. I was only about, there's only about a two foot gap between yep. the brush and the crib. And I, and I, I initially started pretty close to the, a lot closer to the crib, but I could see a lot of crap moving over in that brush. And I was like, man, I want to get a little bit closer to that. And then eventually I got to a position where I could pull fish out from both sides. Yep. And that's where I wanted to mention on two of your positioning is, and that other spot, I could only get them to go inside that pile where here, yep. I, they would, I had a lot better luck pulling them out off to the side. Okay. And, and with your pan optics, could you see individual like movements in the brush no pile? you just see the blob moving around okay. like, like you if could, there's nothing in it you can tell it's stationary like yeah. you don't see like the reds changing and stuff like the reds and yellows moving and changing yep but if there's fish in it those are they're, they're constantly kind of like moving around yep. in there that's so cool that's all you need to know i just need to know that there's fish in there i don't need to know but as someone coming from running a flasher on brush piles before i i i hated fishing brush piles you can still yeah it's scope. tough because it just looks like a big mess down there. Well, you have you have too many levels of lines on your screen. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, you know which ones are stationary, right? Yep. Um, but you don't know which ones, you know, you can't really tell. There might be a little flicker next to one. That's what you're chasing. And you don't want to get tangled up in the brush pile either. Yeah. With you know, live scope. You can really see where the branch is You have at. a whole view. You're like, nope, not going to drop down here. I'm going to move over a foot, and then I'll be good. And then I'll clear. be off to the side of that branch rather yeah. than on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're using a Radlib flyer, then you're just... Yeah, I would say that's kind of a big deal. Fishing brushes, you just you don't want that side to side action in a brush pile because yeah. otherwise you're just snagging up right away. Yep, like absolutely. you're not gonna you're not doing what you want to do. And I got out on another lake earlier that week and fished a good brush pile bite too. Which and those aren't was, really brush piles; those are trees. Those are flooded trees. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it, I think there's a difference. Fish, well, because it's there's more structure to that where the brush piles are just like big pile of yeah. There were shit. There's a lot of stuff tangled in there, and yeah. I wonder if people didn't throw extra stuff on there. Might have, because it fished like a brush pile. From what they, I remember of before they tight. before they added on to that, there was like a it was like a cedar grove yeah. down in there, and I don't think they did. I think they just dammed it up and flooded that extra portion. So yeah, that's probably the extra. That was, stuff that was that a cool see. bite, and actually seeing you know fish run around within the spot, fish within the brush pile. Yep, that's awesome. Another good bluegill fish. fishery. Yep. That spot and crappies and the crappies. If you can get actually the good crappies in that lake, yeah, are the ones out in the basin. If you can track them down, there's not many. Yeah, and they're not real big schools, but if you can track them down, those are the those yeah. are the derby winners. We'll have to go back there again. Coming up, never know. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was, that was a real fun bite. We uh, we cut out for uh, birthday lunch after lunchtime. Polk a City bit. Pub. Yep, that was good. Oh solid, yeah, that place is really solid. So that was a good trip, but just nice to be out. Well, go in. You, know, you said you did the trolling, <laughs> digging yep. holes. Yep. Uh, yeah. How'd that light flight the pull light through flight. you? I don't have any regrets yet. Granted, we're only a, a week in and like, yep. I don't know how many holes I've drilled with it, but I've been impressed with it. It's It cuts fast. It doesn't grab at the end of the hole. Yeah. Like it just. Which the metal ones Punches did. through. Nope. Yeah. 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 You get a little bite at the end. Um and I'm running a uh, DeWalt 996. Is that the same drill that Sean had? No. Oh. Sean's got a different drill. Oh, that was the same drill. Um, run a DeWalt 99, 996. 
and I normally run, I was running a five amp battery. So this is interesting. I ran a five amp when I was out by myself. Um, cause I knew I wasn't going to go punch a ton of holes. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll save the weight, throw a five amp hour battery on it. It's noticeably slower. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, yours hauls ass. Yeah. Like that drill spin so fast in first gear. Yeah. So, uh, uh, nine amp battery that I normally run the big flex volt battery yeah. It's heavy, but that thing, it, it was still on full bars. For and instance, I, after I, that, I feel like you want day. a little bit of that weight just to help kind of pull that, you through the ice. It's a good point. It helps. Um, cause we're like with Sean's pistol bit, you had to push it. I mean, it's still cut fine, but you had to push it in where that light flight pulls you through. And that's, that's where like going in between Sean, Sean tried the light flight and he was pushing pretty hard and you really don't have to like no. the light flight just grabs, it pulls and you, draws in. you in. So, um, no regrets on the pistol or on the, uh, light flight. The jury's still yeah. out on whether you put it on a clamp. I think you should put it on the clamp plate now and try it out. We, yeah. I, I thought about that because after, uh. Yeah, Grandy's whole fiasco well, of breaking I, his wrist. Especially, too, I like it. You know, we were out on Friday, and there was a lot of water on yeah. the surface. Is I really like that you slide clamp around. plate is you don't have to think. Well, yeah, you don't. You, you got good grip on it. But then when you set it down, you don't have to be like, oh, yeah. I need to make sure the battery's poking. I don't want to leave the battery in the yep. water. I want to make sure, you know, don't set the drill in the stuff where the clamp plate you just set it on or yep. handle and away you go. Because yep. the drill's completely off, yep. off the ground. That's a good point. And then there... I, I keep seeing posts that, you know, people put on, on, uh, like trick your trap constantly. Sure. The, the number two, number one and number two things that people ask are number one is like, what lights should I put in my shelter? Number two, or maybe what, one, two, and three. What number two is I like, buy? what kind of floor should I use for, what kind of foam tiles should I get? Yeah. <laughs> and then number three is what kind of drill do I need to run for whatever kind of auger? Well, I could see how that continues to be a question because there's a, like DeWalt drill, you can't just say buy a DeWalt. Yep. Like there's how many different models of a DeWalt drill are there? Uh, a dozen? Oh, at least. Like Home Depot has their own model just yeah. for like their Christmas. Don't buy special, that one. You know? Don't yeah. buy that one. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um they have yeah, it's it's crazy. The the thing about it is a lot of guys are talking, you know, the they'll look at the price for a drill with two batteries. And the light flight, right? It's pretty expensive. And you're pushing like five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, you could just buy a standalone one at that point. And then they look at the twenty, like the twenty-four volt Strike Master, is like four twenty-nine. Yep. Or now the forty volt, like Fleet Farm had them on sale for five hundred bucks. Yep. Um, so that that's tempting there. Um, I guess the other part and what got what I got into the drills with, I, this one was refurbished originally, the one I'm holding that you guys can't see, but yep. oh, the one we broke, the one we broke, uh, two seasons ago. Um, but this one I got refurbished and it was like $130, I think yep. bare tool. So yeah. yeah, if you have the batteries or even if you buy the cheaper batteries or whatever, you can get into it a lot cheaper. The, uh, the replacement that I got that I'm running out was a new one, but it's 160 bucks. Yep. That's like What's new. The, so you have, what was the number again you have for that DeWalt? 996. The 996. DCD 996. That's the Mac Daddy one. That's the, yeah, that's the hammer drill version, which they make a standard non-hammer version that works fine too. Same mm. motor, just you don't really care about the hammer part. But this thing will sink some concrete screws if you really want to hammer it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's helpful. Um so what's interesting, I think the battery makes a lot of difference on that. If if, yeah. if you have guys running a, a brush drill with cheap batteries, 
you're definitely not going to get the same performance. I mean, that's what I run. Drill. I run a brushed with five amp batteries. Well, they're Dewalt batteries, though. I'm talking like off. Oh, the Chinese ones. Yeah, oh, Chinese okay. batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, they're all Chinese batteries, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, that so that yeah that pistol bit. I, we should uh, text Sean and see what kind of drill he's got. On yeah, I don't what know what model it was. It's it's not that model. Huh. It's similar though. I thought it was. I, 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 I don't was a think that, that it was the drill though. I mean, it just didn't. I mean, even mine, it just pulls me right in. Oh it, yeah. The angle, the angle of the blades yep. makes a huge difference. Yep. Still cut fine. I don't know. I don't yep. have any problems with it. But um, light flight was nice. Oh, the oh mag- and your cover. The cover. The magnetic cover. So very um, cool idea. The eight inch and the ten inch version of the light flight can get a magnetic cover. So far. What is that? And it's a step-on cover. So you you set your auger up straight up and down, and you put your toe in this little t- toe-hold spot. And on then the you, cover. Yep, and then you pull the auger out. Yeah. It works pretty well. Uh, I wasn't sure at first because... Does just, yeah, once you kind of figure out the positioning. I, I couldn't figure out the positioning right at first. I kept trying to get it too far over, where really, if you look at it, where you line up your bolt holes with your uh, the bolts... That hold your blades on. If you line that up with the magnet, with the little clips, oh, the little uh, catch that goes over it. Sure. If you line those up, boom, snaps in every time. Pop easy right with like very little effort. Yeah. I was shoving that thing in us, beating it against the ice. No, it should to, just fall right try, in. I was like, ah, get you know. Yeah. Finally goes this time. Yes. Now I got it figured out. It's so much easier. And on flat ice, holds it right up. Oh yeah, no yeah. problems. That is cool. Um, especially I'm thinking ahead a little bit, getting kids out, you know, it's no big deal to just, you know, pop the cover off, drill a couple holes, pop the cover back on. Yeah. Don't have to worry about it. Yep. Like you're protected. That's a very good point. You know, your kids are running around. It's not a big deal. Like we, back when I fish, I don't, once the cover comes off and don't go back on until we're going home. You you don't go near the auger pointy bit. You just watch out. Just walk around it. Yeah. All good. Um, I know that that's the law here in Iowa too. You got to have your auger cover on when your quad yep when you're running in your quad so yep there you go yeah the only thing that i could see being an issue is with the with your foot release and putting it back on or whatever is you still see people that cut their feet yep with their blades yep that i could see that happening yeah not like the norfin boots have a lot it's certainly not like like i didn't feel like i was in danger doing it yeah but I could see there you being in a rush or not paying attention or, you know, yeah, your kid's crying or yelling at you and you just jam that thing in and then you cut half your foot off. See, and you don't have to hold it, I guess. I don't hold it to put it in. No, you don't have to, but, but yeah. maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying it's there's, there's potential Possibility, there. for sure. There's potential there. Absolutely. And those laser power blades they put on there. Oh, sharper than shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Gotta love it. Yeah. So I'm really impressed with it. it I've opened up old holes with it. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I like the. It's got the point. No problem at all. Um, drilling new holes like it's just a beast. Yep. Um, yeah, like it. No regrets on the eight inch. Well, the, the, I would say the the biggest downfall is it doesn't mount onto your quad mount anymore. Mm-hmm. I do have to do a little modification there. I'll get it figured out. Yeah, just doesn't quite fit. Because that is a nice spot to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep it off the ice. Keep it out of the way. Yep. It's accessible to everyone. The problem is now. I need some more weight in the front of the quad because I used to run the, the auger in the front yep. on the clam plate, and it'd weigh the front down a little bit so you could steer a little bit better, too. Oh, yeah. well, you get the summit or your shuttle in the front. 
Yeah. Well, I had that before too. I had the, Oh yeah. I had to carry a couple flashers up there, you know, sure. whatever. Um, I yeah. get you some weights or something. Yeah. <laughs> Way down the front of the quad. Cause it's too light. <laughs> oh, that thing's funny. Awesome. Well, yeah, do what you need to do for more traction. Yep. That's a good so, segue. Um, traction wise, we were pulling, um, I was running the quad, pulling the otter with Sean and Brett on it and then pulling your sled behind the otter. Hook, yep. took to the otter yep and it did pretty good but it was it was squirrely you gotta took, get going it took before a while sean and yeah. i could sit down it took a while to get it up to like a decent kind of speed but what helped was running in, in like third or fourth gear instead of first or second yep. gear you yep. know because you'd literally just it just spin the tires yep you know no problem and that's they're big like flotation tires there's not a lot of tire that actually hits the ground that's kind yeah. of how they're designed. So, like, when you hit a bump, the tire flattens out and then absorbs your shock. Absorbs all the bumps. There's yeah. no suspension on you it. You know what does, doesn't have a suspension on it either? Your hub when you go over a bump also. Oh, yeah. That sucker is we just... You can feel it. Bouncing around <laughs> all over. And there's quite a few cracks out there on the ice. A bunch mm-hmm. of heaves mm-hmm. from mm. slush and... I wouldn't call them heaves yet. Yeah. Because there's no upward movement on them yet. But yeah. Yeah. There's, there were some cracks. Yeah. Some slush melting and refreezing. Yep. Yep. So not the most comfortable ride, but it did it did okay. I'm looking for solutions on traction. I think I have a couple ideas, um, but I've tried. I actually bought chains for it the first season that we had it. I might have talked about yep. it on the show. Yep. Um, and the the chains looked great. They fit on the right side tire, no problem. And I go to put them on the left side tire where the fuel tank is at, up underneath the inside of the tire with the chains was catching the fuel tank. Yeah, that's a problem. You like, don't want to be nah, catching the fuel. We're not doing that. No. So that was a bummer. Well, maybe just one tire. That Which would, one's the drive tire? Or do they both, both run? Oh, yeah. They don't. They're both locked together. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that could work. Just one. <laughs> maybe I, spinning in a little circle. I was going to say, I wonder if it would. Probably. If one has no traction, the other one just digging. Yeah, it'd keep hard. you moving forward. Yeah, it'd be hard to keep you in a straight line, though. Yeah, but you barely go in a straight line anyways. True. Uh, the tire was flat in the front. Like you know, flat, you had a flat, flat spot. No, it was flat. Oh, it was? There's zero air pressure in that tire. <laughs> oh, it looked like you just had a flat spot on it. It didn't look like it was <laughs> yeah. like dead flat. So when the when the quad would sit for a little bit on the ice, it would flatten out in the little flat spot. And then since it's on ice in the water, yeah. once you start going, it doesn't spin. No. So then it's just like, it's a, like a ski and like just pulls you yeah, over. Yeah, but it's like a one ski side. with that weighs you down. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like a ski that slows you down. So I put air in that tire, so we should be good. But Did you see, um, a, did you see a hole or anything in it? They're, they're the original t- front tires. Oh, so there's m- multiple holes, maybe. Probably, yeah. Okay. 1982 front tires. There may be a crack. Yeah. I don't know. They're they are old and hard because those things. That's all you need. <laughs> zero air pressure in them. That's all you need. Um, I'm thinking some ice screws in the tires. Okay. And just in the back. Um, so I, how do those work? Do you just screw them from the outside into the yeah, chunk, or do you got to go up from the inside? You don't have much out? luck doing that. Is what I've what I've been seeing. The problem is they can work themselves out pretty easily. Oh, um, some of the guys I saw like glued them in, screwed them in from the outside with some glue on them. That worked okay for a little while. Um, back in the day when I was riding my dirt bike on the ice, I have my ice tires for yeah, I remember that for a dirt bike, and. It uses a special super hard tire, so like it's well, already. Well, the new hard tires are pretty hard. Already. Well, they're they're newer. They're like probably twenty years old, not forty years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Walmart tires, um, 
and it uses a hard tire and then it uses liners which are basically like um chunks of the sidewall from old tires hmm. as layers inside there so you have something for the screw to grab into when yeah. it goes through the tread like it doesn't just grab the tread of the tire and sit there it actually goes through a liner you into know, the belt layer. a little bit well you stack those so there's like four layers of those plies of rubber yeah. that they lay in the tire and then screw screws into that that helps them stay in mm. and then you can actually tweak the angle of which you know the direction of which way the screw goes so when you're cornering that's you, probably more important on a motorcycle yeah, you have some yeah. that are cornered one way and turned the other way that kind of deal but i'm thinking what's it what's it going to hurt like if i lose a few screws it's somebody else's tire that's going to get popped oh so. you mean screwing it in yeah I like the glue idea. Screw it in with some glue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chain. What else is there? Kitty litter. You can run. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be <laughs> dumping kitty litter out. <laughs> you can run those. Uh, they make like plastic cable chains. Oh, yeah. Those are junk. I think. Because oh, they just go through the rim or something like well, that. Well, it's a solid rim. That's a problem. Oh, that yeah. Thing. So but that's really, what those cable ties yeah. do, don't they? They go yep. through the rim and then they're supposed to like get one little wipe yeah those work though that. that'll get you out yeah the big truck cloth big old emergency strap. better be an emergency oh yeah yeah there is no emergency with this quad because you can literally just lift it yeah pick you back out of the slush lift it out of wherever you want um yeah so that's interesting might try some screws what do you think about the front to get a little bit better turning screws again you, you could do, just yeah. do the back no you can do screws in the front just a few yep i'm Maybe. i'm i'm worried that they'd be a little too tall and yeah. then it just skid. Yeah. Cause there is hardly any weight at all in the front of that. Yeah. Thing. And when you start going, it's like, it's sinking down and pulling. Yeah. And I got to get, well, that could, that could help. If I could get traction in the back, I wouldn't have to lean back. So yeah, far. you could sit in the middle more. I could just sit. That's normal. true. So maybe that would, That'd would make a good. difference. But yes, ice screws are pretty cheap. Buy them online for, or just buy a snow dog 15 or 20 bucks. I can make a snow dog, like the yeah, one I yeah, saw yeah, on the yeah. lake. Talk about that a little bit for a sec. I, I met a guy on the way out on this lake that was dragging a snow dog in. Looked just heavier like than hell. Snow pup. Yeah, so it was made. It's a homemade deal. Or a snow bear. Uh, the back half of a snowmobile with the track. And he had a bunch of stuff welded in there to get. You I mean, know, he fabricated it. I mean, it's not like it's... a shaft going here to a chain, to a big sprocket, to a little sprocket, to gear it down, to get it to a six and a half horse Predator motor. Yeah. That looked brand spanking new. It was. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> it was. And he had that thing just dragging it in. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, ah, I can't get the thing started and just, just finicky. Like, it'll run for a little bit, then it'll die. Yeah. And... That's classic. Yeah. He, uh... Yeah, that was that was That's quite a deal. That's classic Predator motor in the cold. So, tried starting it, wouldn't start. Um, like, oh, I'll hook the quad up to it. Couldn't pull it. <laughs> oh, couldn't get <laughs> no to pull? no traction. Uh-huh. So I'm like, ah, shoot. So then we start pushing it. He's like, ah, let me try starting it again. Then it fired right up. And then he drove it a little ways, then it died. He got but, pretty but close. But a little bit he drove to look good. Ran great. Like yeah, pulled absolutely. him around right along. Oh yeah, was like yeah. hell yeah. yeah, just like a regular snow dog. That's awesome. The guy did a good job there. Um, I think probably what was happening, it was about two degrees out. So yeah, too his, cold. his carb, I think, was icing up from just those. Yeah, the Predator motors probably aren't the best for running in the winter. But no. 
I'm sure you can modify it some more. Oh, there's there's definitely some things you could do, but yep. yeah. He uh he un unhooked the oil low oil sensor when there's no oil in it. It it'll shut off normally. You oh. had to unhook that because it's at a goofy angle. Oh. So <laughs> I'm like, what's what's this? Oh, I had to unhook that. Like, oh, that makes <laughs> makes sense. Just want to make sure that wasn't the problem. Like yep. Yep. <laughs> oh dude, not, you gotta have this hooked up for it to in. have spark, you know. Yep. That kind of deal. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I like the the ingenuity of that. Absolutely. More power to them. Snow dogs are made in uh, old Ankeny, Iowa now. Well, that one was made in his garage. But yeah. yeah. So there you go. Still got some local ones around. around. I tell you what, Iowa is just a mecca of ice fishing ingenuity. Mm-hmm. You got do-it molds. Yep. Yep. Snow dog. Denver, Iowa. The scratcher, all these jig scratcher companies. Boat guy. Scratcher boats. Yeah. <laughs> all sorts of junk out yep. here. Absolutely. Well, good deal. We have some plans of getting out on the ice here soon, as soon as it frees back up some more. Yeah, it's pretty cold today. It's getting a lot better. It yeah. was a little sketchy there, guys. We got It's cold now at night that I don't know that we'll be building a lot of ice, but it's not going. It's not getting no. any worse. We had a, I don't know, they said like an inch of rain. Yeah. I haven't been out since that happened. Yeah. I saw ponds were looking sketchy. Justin Bait and Tackle posted a deal that there was yeah. six inches on a pond there in town. Yep. I also saw someone fell through on a lake. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, got a little soft on them. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, wherever you're at, don't forget your spud bar. Check check Spikes. things out. Spikes, absolutely. Uh, make sure you're being safe out there in the ice. And Yep. We'll be recording, uh, get some more episodes out f- for you guys through, I don't know, March sometime. Until the ice is gone. There you go. Sounds good. It's turkey season. All right, we'll catch you <laughs> next time on The Short Rod Show.